Welcome to The Era, where Brad Wrencher, CEO of Bamboo HR, asked the question, does putting employees first really lead to better business outcomes? We think we know the answer, but let's dig in and find out. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the next episode of The Era, where we really go deep on the impact of the experience that our employees are having with us as an employer and in the workplace and the impact of that experience on ultimate business outcomes. We have really enjoyed the season so far and the conversations and the depth that we're getting into with some of these prominent business leaders and thought leaders from across the industry. And today's episode is no exception. We're um, really excited to welcome Robin Bailey, who is the co-founder and partner of ARIA Benefits to this episode of The Era. And we are really going to talk a little bit about getting into Robin's experience and over the last two decades in benefits and planning and understanding about how do you protect and help build humans in and around your workplace. He also has a podcast where he's out talking and advocating some of the, the thinking and thoughts and the learnings that he's had. And the name of that podcast is Success Leads Clues. So please check that out. Robin, we are so grateful to have you on this episode of The Air and looking forward to the conversation. Well, I'm so happy to be here. And it's it's not often I get to be a guest. Usually I'm the host. And I think being a host for me is a little bit easier, but I'll try to do my best today. But I'm really looking forward to uh, the show. And I'm looking forward to reciprocating and uh, having you on our show in a couple of weeks. I, I am looking forward to that. And, and um, success leaves, leaves clues. I'm already trying to figure out what, you know, what in my life for any modicum of success I've had, what clues have I left behind and how, you know, like it'll be interesting to dig into that. Let's get into a little bit of this conversation, Robin, and I want to get into benefits, but like, I, I also think your founding journey of why ARIA benefits, where did this idea come from? What's been the approach? Because then there's all these exogenous factors that are happening in the world that are even changing and helping you rethink that approach. But let's start with why ARIA benefits? How did this come about? Yeah, and I like I like to say that I was born into this business. You know, my my parents were new immigrants to to Canada all those years ago. My dad's from Scotland, my mom's from England. And I I always used to bother my brother and sister. I'd say I was the only true Canadian in the family because I was the only child born in Canada. And my dad, you know, my dad had that typical immigrant immigrant story. You know, you work really hard. And he finally found himself into an insurance carrier. And he was a door-to-door salesman for the most part, selling life insurance, selling investments. And he saw his that roller coaster of of, of success and 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 you know times where that were very, very lean. But he eventually got to a point where he had built up a very small block of business and he was comfortable. You know, we weren't rich by any standard, but you know, he provided for his family and, and did a great job. And I'll be eternally grateful for that. So it was time for dad to hang up the skates. And I had one of those opportunities that I think is a rare opportunity that not a lot of people get. I got to work with dad for a short period of time to me, which is priceless. But I took over dad's block of business. And because I had always worked on the employee benefit side, working with founders, owners, chief people, officers, HR folks, I enjoyed that environment. So when I took over dad's block of business, life insurance, investments, a lot of kitchen table meetings, which I just wasn't used to. And I'm in the elevator one day with a with a, another fellow that I was working with, and he was very good on the financial planning side. And I said, "Geez, all I want to do is employee benefits. I don't I don't really enjoy this side of the business." And he kind of looks at me and he says, "Well, I don't like that. I don't like the group side." 
So the light bulb went off. We figured out pretty quickly we had the same vision for the type of company uh, that we wanted to build. So away we go, launched the company 2005 and just had really good success, very supportive clients. And 2005 to 2017, growing the company, feeling great. I won't lie, there were times we wanted to pull our hair out and luckily I've managed to keep a little bit of it still. And, you know, I was preparing for the partners meeting at the end of 2017 and, and a couple of things occurred to me. I had written things down over the years in books about goals that we wanted to accomplish. And, and one thing that struck me was the power of the power of the pen and writing things down that had seemed kind of impossible at the time had come to fruition and had come true. And I thought, well, that's that's really cool. I'm going to share that with the partners. And then the other part, I looked at the team that we had built. And I was very proud of that. And we had really good people and really good culture at a company. I said, well, that's something else I can I can share. And then I looked at what I was responsible for, the employee benefits block that we had grown over the years from 2005 to 2017. And it was very substantial. We would be one of the bigger brokers in the GTA. So I went into that meeting and I said to the guys, I shared all that information. And when I shared the part about, hey, we built this substantial, I said, imagine if we actually told people that we do benefits and that we're really good at it. And I said it with a half, you know, half smile on my face. But I think the light bulb had gone off for those guys. So that's where that's where ARIA benefits was born. Um, where we are today, what does ARIA mean? I mean, ARIA has always been right from the get-go when I when I first dreamed it up, it was our deeper commitment to our employee benefits clients. And now we're actually telling people, hey, we do benefits. And by the way, we're really good at it. And Robin, I mean, what an amazing founding story through kind of current reality uh, that you've that you've that you've done and you've experienced. And I think there's so many lessons in there. And, you know, I agree with you on the HR community. I think these are a group of people that are navigating in uncertain times um, in a really unique and compelling way. But something you said at the beginning of your journey really jumped out at me. You used the language with your partners at the at the moment of of creation of aria benefits you you said imagine if and i think that the language of imagine if is a powerful way to phrase anything that comes after because so many times as humans as people we limit ourselves because we lack imagination we we come up with all the reasons why that thing shouldn't happen. For us, we're a software company, so we often think about different software that we could create that could solve big problems. And to start with the imagine if, um, our product team sometimes use the how might we um, you know, language that is, is very similar to where what does it do? It gives you permission to dream, to hope, to create. And I just think, um, because you used that early and then you told me about all the journey that happened over the next um, the next few years about how you created and what you did. And I think it all started with a great question. And Brad, I, I love I love that you said that because and I'm smiling because I'm thinking not that we're in the office all that much anymore, maybe one day a week, two days a week. But in the kitchen, I had printed out the logo for Aria Benefits. I had written this all started as a dream. And, you know, my partners are very used to me going away. And I think that's really important, you know, getting away from the business because I find it very hard to be creative while I'm in the business, but I'm 
incredibly creative once I step away. So when I'm on vacation, although my wife says, please don't think about work, it's default, I can't help it. That's where all my creative ideas come from. And I'll often come back to my partners and just blah, like here's here's all the information. And one of my partners operates as as, as our CEO and, he, and he's very good at connecting the dots, whereas I'm very good at throwing the dots on the, on the, on the screen and then he can connect them. But one of the things that I did uh, uh, during this time was, and you you might have read the book, but it's it's about writing your vivid vision, and it's about you know stepping, saying here's where we are today. If I hop into a time machine and I jump out three years from now, specifically, what is that company? You know, what does our company look for, look like in terms of benefits, and in, in terms of support, in terms of office, and like every in terms of clientele. And that, that was a really important exercise for us to go through. And it was a, it was a pivotal moment, moment for our company because we had built the company to a certain point where as the partners, we were all very comfortable. Lifestyle was great. You're not working 80 hours a week. And I remember sitting, being nervous about writing that because it was going to be, it was going to be one of those pivotal moments in life. And I said to my wife, I was in Aruba. I was sitting at one of my favorite places in the world. I was sitting in Aruba writing this. And I, I had to read it for a few, few times. He just said, well, you, you have to know. You have to know where your partners are on this. And you have to be okay with what the answer is. So I go into the boardroom, super nervous. I'd you know, taken it out to the local shop to get it you know, all, all done properly and present it to the guys. And just silence. Just silence. I said, here's where I want to go. And I said, guys, I started this company with you. I'm going to end this, you know, exit this company with you one day. And we can continue on this trajectory if we want to. I'm happy with that. That's fine. But here's an alternative. And the alternative was to kick it up a notch and take it to the next level and, and, and really serve at a higher level. And um, again, it was it probably wasn't that long. It seemed like a good couple of minutes. And my partners are looking at each other. And I, I won't use the expletive that he used, but he said, heck yeah, I'm in. And from that moment on, I mean, we've just been growing the company. And, you know, I was talking, I was talking to a founder today that is going to be on the podcast. And, and one of the things that resonated with me is he said, my vision has never changed. It's evolved about where we're trying to go and how we're trying, but it's never changed. And I, and I love talking to other entrepreneurs and business, business, you know, people, business leaders about that vision that they have and where they want to go and how they can get there. And I think in my business, uh, particularly in your business as well, I think we can help people do that in a big, big way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's the Jeff Bezos quote that's like, Hey, I, I, let's be firm on vision and flexible on execution. Um, and I think that that's one to where it's like, yes, vision can be firm, but how you get there many times may surprise you. You've been, in business for a long time, have been inside of countless businesses, helping them with their benefits and their people. How do you, Robin, define the ideal employee experience? Like, what does that look like in your words? You know, over the 20 odd years I've been in the business, every company I'd walk into, especially if it's the owner, oh, let, let me show you around. I, they're proud of what they built. So I, I've, I've had tours of you know, dog food companies, like box companies, software, like you name it, I've been in. And it's interesting. And I've had this conversation with a lot of people over the years. It's interesting. I've seen a lot and experienced a lot of corporate cultures and some are great and some are terrible. 
And when you dig into it and find out, okay, why is this one great? And why is this one, you know, not so great? And I, of course, I look with a lens around employee benefits. But what I found quite often is the ones that are great have started with fundamentals on the benefit side, especially, especially if it's a new company, like let's not get the richest plan out there and then have to peel away. And, and maybe because the experience has been great in the first year, let's have this plan. Let's communicate it really well as the company continues to grow and we, you know, we're profitable, we'll continue to add things. So at the end of that five years, everyone's feeling great. There's a great corporate culture. Now the opposite is true too. I have seen those plans that they started out super rich. They've had to scale back because the, the first year was tough. And you know, people don't take as kindly to that. So it's no surprise that at the end of the five years, that corporate culture isn't so good anymore. So when you talk about the employee experience, for us, it really starts with the employer experience. Because if that experience isn't on point or isn't delivering that six-star experience, you're never going to get to deliver that employee experience. But just going back to the question around um, that employee experience, for us, it does start with, you know, that that wow experience for the for the plan administrator, whoever we're dealing with, that six-star, you know, um, six-star treatment. Well, and maybe just one quick follow-up, because one of the things I get asked a lot is, okay, Brad, what is the role of benefits in my employee retention? Does it make a difference? Does it not? Like, you know, and you've you probably had this conversation countless times. What what is the role of a benefits plan and a benefits offering in employee delight and retention? It's really important. It's and it's more important than ever. Um, and, it, and it's funny just, and I, sorry, I, I keep going back to the, the employer experience, but that's where my conversations are most of the time. And over my career, Brad, I mean, the conversations that I have were, were almost identical with everybody. I mean, it was, you, it was always the same conversation and then COVID hit and people were very open to a very different conversation. Now, you know, things that we had talked about in the past that weren't important or necessarily that important were all of a sudden really important. So all of a sudden people, you know, the long forgotten and neglected EAPs, people wanted to talk about those. You know, virtual healthcare has become table stakes for a lot of companies. Um, mental health support, those have become, those have become big ones. So, and I think on the employee side, what you're finding now is, employees used to come in and say, well, what's the salary? What type of vacation? And, and in a general sense, do I get benefits? Okay, great. That's changed. That's definitely changed. Employees are coming in and they're asking for, hey, do you have, you know, what's my salary? What are the employee benefits? Is there a group RSP for you guys who would be a DPS or a, a 401k? That's your equivalent. Um, and specifically on the benefits, what is the, man, what is the mental health support? What is the virtual health care? And on the mel on the, on those two items, I think what the what we're getting a sense of for the employees is they want to go somewhere where they feel the employer actually cares about them. And if you can't demonstrate that you care, they're going elsewhere, right? And I mean, I talk to employers all the time that are struggling with, hey, how do we you know, attract and retain these people? Because as we all know, what does it cost you to get that person up and running in terms of money and time? That'll vary from three months to a year, depending on the role. But more importantly, what does it cost you to lose that person? So for us, I mean, benefits become a really important part of that. And I think more than that, I mean, you can have the best benefits plan in, in the world. 
if you're not communicating that and creating a cadence of communication to make sure both existing employees know about it, new employees know about it, and and the value that it can add, you you know you're gonna you're gonna miss some people because they're if they're not aware of it, how are they gonna you know know well, well this is really valuable to me. It's actually, I think this communication point, Robin, is so interesting. I met with a really interesting company last week that the premise of the entire company is how to better communicate benefits in a way that mere mortals can understand. Because let's face it, some of the plan documentation, some of the things there, it's difficult to get through. And and I because I do think there's so much that employee the employers are paying for that I don't think Number one, they might not get credit for, but then it's not getting used the way that it was architected. And to me, that is just the great, uh, it's a travesty, in fact, that it's there, but the value is not being realized. Like, how do we better connect that? And I think your point on communication is one that I hear HR leaders, business leaders all over the world um, thinking about. You know, quite often when I walk into a plan, there are opportunities without making a single plan design change. Because I, as an as a business owner myself who has their own benefits plan, anytime I can find things to communicate to the employees that don't cost me anything, I'm a big fan of those. And quite often when you look through a plan, there's tons of little things that aren't being communicated. And to your point, if you don't know it's there, there's no value, right? And 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 I and I. I don't pretend to know about U.S. plans. I have great people that I, you know, partner with in the U.S. for U.S. plans and clients that need that. But in the Canadian plans, things like Best Doctors, and I mean, it's a navigation service. It's a second opinion service. Um, I've used it personally. I've, you know, we have we have success stories around that. We have some sad stories, but around that as well. But, you know, with some clients that have, you know, passed away, but they did get assistance along the way. Um, there's so many things you communicate to the employee. So I always, I always counsel people to look for things, look for those opportunities to just talk to your employees and let you know that you care about them. In Canada, digital pharmacy platforms have, have entered the scene and they're free to add to your plan. So the employees get this cool technology platform. They get access to free delivery. They get lower markups on their, on their drug costs. And it's a, it's an easy one to do. And we actually did that maybe halfway through the pandemic. And I actually had one of our employees come back and say, I can't believe you're spending more money on the benefits plan during this time. Like, this is incredible. And I didn't, you know, I didn't share with them that I hadn't spent a dime, but thank you very much. I'm glad, I'm glad you, but it said, it said to them, it's about value. It's, it's about value. It's about value. And it said to them, Hey, you care about me. Thank you. Especially yeah. during a time where some people didn't want to go into the pharmacy. They thought, okay, well, if I have this platform, it'll save me some time and, and effort and protect my health and whatever. But you're right. There's there's value there. So, you know, creating that cadence of communication is probably one of the most important things that you can do uh, as an employer to, you know, make sure employees understand the value of that plan. Because if you and I go to the dentist tomorrow, separately, of course, um, <laughs> You're not necessarily thinking of your company. Oh, thank goodness we have the benefits. It's easy to forget that. So unless you're continually reminded of the value there, it's 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 just going to slip by the wayside. I love that. So let's come. Let's talk a little bit about the this re, new remote world that we find ourselves in. That many jobs are being done remote, and and I know there are many jobs that cannot be done remote. And I'm always grateful for the folks who um, are in, you know, in the office, in, that, in their place of work, that are providing critical services for us in whatever communities we, where we live. 
but many many roles are now being done remote and and I think about you know what is your view of um, remote work culture what is the role of benefits to remote teams how does that challenge the status quo about how business leaders and HR leaders think about providing benefits in that environment would love maybe a quick uh, a quick couple minutes on remote work yeah well you know, going back to Aruba, uh, I'm a big fan of Aruba. Man, everything go, keeps going back to Aruba. The Chamber of Commerce of Aruba <laughs> needs to uh, needs to come on your podcast. That's that's what I'm doing in retirement. I think I'll I'll, I'll figure out a deal with them. But no, I'm I'm a big fan. I mean, I leaned into it. it. It's funny. I've had not arguments, but differences of opinion with one of my business partners because he's a little bit older than me, and he grew up same as me in the in the face to face. And for his business, um, maybe. His, the planning that he does is a little more intimate with people. So he's he's very much about face-to-face. And I lean the other way into remote. And especially, I think that just lends itself to who I deal with, you know, in the HR space, in the founder space, in the owner space. Um, it's very, people people in that world seem to have adapted very easily to, to going digital. Um, it's interesting in terms of attracting and retaining employees, um, I know a lot of companies, including technology companies, that are struggling to convince people to come back to work. Like, hey, we're just as efficient, if not more. We're happier. Therefore, we're doing better work. Uh, why on earth would I come back to the office? And, and we struggle with that as, as well. Generally, we have someone in the office about once. They'll come in once a week. Um, so depending on what day you go in, you might see one or two people. Um, but that's it. The companies, it's interesting what's been developing lately because at first it was remote work and then it was work from anywhere in the country, right? And you saw some companies doing that. And then more recently, a company called Willful in Toronto, they've actually been on my podcast. Erin Aaron Burry is the CEO, brilliant, brilliant woman. And um, they recently opened up to work from anywhere, anywhere in the world because they are an online, fully online company. And I was uh, I was reading an article that uh, she had written, and they have never had so many people applying for jobs in their his- history of running that company as they do now because that freedom is there. So benefits become a really big part of that. Um, again, because you are remote, you're not around people. And I look at I look at my example. You know, virtual healthcare. I brought that up before. I remember having Dialogue, which is a very big company in Canada, one of the top two companies in Canada for virtual healthcare. And I had them on the podcast pre-pandemic. And I came out of that podcast thinking, this is a really cool idea. And I started talking to clients about it. And they said, oh, that's virtual healthcare. That, that, that's kind of neat, you know, but eh, we'll talk about it later. Remember how I said the conversation has changed? You know, we'll talk about that later. And of course, fast forward to where they are today. But I think of myself, I'm, 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 99% remote, you know, uh, for, for my job, I'm about to hop on a plane back in August to go to Vienna. Um, so two days before I go to close my front door, going for a walk with my wife, get stung by a wasp. Okay. Typical male, you know, um, Oh, it's just a wasp. I don't have to do anything. I didn't even ice it. It'll be fine. Next day, my wife says, how's your finger? You know, ah, it's fine. Look, no problem. I can see where he's stung, but ah, it's no problem at all. The next morning I wake up, my finger is black and blue. The swelling is radiating through my hand and I'm supposed to get on a plane to Europe that night. There is no way I could get into a doctor that way that day. 
I don't think I would have even got into a walk-in on time because a lot of them are very busy in our area. I go on to the virtual healthcare provider through provided through our benefits plan. Under 10 minutes, I'm on with a doctor. He's prescribing the medication, you know, saying, don't worry about it. I'll get you on that flight. Just go pick up the, he sends the, he sends the prescriptions digitally to the pharmacy just around the corner from my house. So hour and a half total. And I get that. So, I mean, that becomes really important, especially if, if someone is remote, you know, they need, they need access to stuff like that. So I think, I think benefits becomes a really, really big part of that. Now, depending on how remote that person is, I mean, if we're talking, we're sending someone out of Canada, those expatriate benefits become really important because now the person is outside in a foreign country. They got to make sure they have the coverage. That's a whole nother conversation. But I guess to answer your question, I think benefits become even more important for those employees because they just have, they're going to have needs that, you know, maybe the, the average employee who is sitting at home and can get to that pharmacy or can get to their local doctor is not going to have. Well, and Robin, I know we are we're short on time to where we'll probably have to wrap here at this point of the po- the podcast. The the message I'm taking away is clearly the the role of benefits in today's environment with everything going on that we've talked about have never been more important. The criticality of being flexible and communicating the value of those benefits to your employees, no matter the company size, has never been more important and impactful. And then I also think that many of our our own personal and professional journeys start with a great question. And you taught us a fun way to do that today, which is imagine if, um, or how might we do things that maybe we thought were impossible before. And the power of the pen of creating and writing down what some of those objectives and things are, uh, I've learned a lot through our conversation. So just want to express my gratitude for your time on the, the era, on the podcast, and looking forward to continuing the dialogue here in a couple of weeks. Awesome. I look forward to it. Thanks so much, Brad. I really enjoyed this. Okay. And Robin, thanks. Thanks again. And for all of you, thank you for joining this episode of The Era. Again, where we dive deep on things that are reaching out and affecting people and employees in the workplace today around that experience and how that experience ultimately drives to better business outcomes as you focus and continue to create those type of experiences. So thank you for joining and look forward to getting together next time on the next episode. Thank you. Looking for ways to combat the great resignation and keep your very best people? Check out the 2022 Guide to Retention. You'll discover just how hard it is for organizations to retain employees in 2022, why people leave and learn what you can do to boost retention and minimize turnover in your organization. Find this guide and many more helpful resources at bamboohr.com resources and discover more ways you can do great work. That's bamboohr.com forward slash resources. You've been listening to The Era. Stay connected with us by subscribing to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you like what you've heard, please rate the show. Your feedback helps us make content that's valuable to you and your work. Thanks for listening. Until next time.